Welcome to Demystify Magic with Molly and Madison. I'm Molly, a former skeptic turned full-time energy healer and teacher. And I'm Madison, a born and raised witch running my family's crystal shop. And we're here to explore all things woo through the lens of both science and spirituality so that you can find the moments of magic in your everyday life and create an intentional spiritual practice. So if that's what you're into, find a cozy spot, take a deep breath, and let's demystify some magic. It's time to demystify magic. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, welcome to the pod. Hello, hello. Welcome to the pod, everybody. Today we are going to talk about my favorite subject. We are going to full on geek out about how Reiki works. But before we dive in, Madison, what was your magical moment of the week? My magical moment is that I got to turn the heat on in my apartment today. I know that does not sound magical to 99.999% of the human population, but okay, listen. I live in a small town, for those who don't know, on the east coast of Florida, like in the Tampa Bay area. Famously, it does not get very cold here. This is my first winter since I've moved back. I haven't lived in this area since I was like 18, but I haven't lived in Florida since I was 22. I'm 25. And I had to move back in the past couple months for work. And the one thing that really has gotten to me is that I miss winter. Growing up in Florida, I was always so envious of people who lived in the North. And then I moved to New York and loved it. I loved the cold. I loved the winter. I loved the snow. And coming back, I just feel like the universe gave me such a gift this week in that the high on Christmas Day, I know you're going to laugh at me because you live in Maine, the high on Christmas Day <laughs> is 51. Whoa. I'm so excited. Whoa. I'm like sitting over here. We got our first snowfall last week. So I'm like looking at a white Christmas out my window going, what? <laughs> Our heat's been on for like two months. <laughs> I'm lucky if I get to wear a long sleeve shirt on Christmas when I'm visiting my family. The dream. And my mom. I love that. <laughs> we got me and my mom and my grandma matching ridiculous Christmas sweaters. Like heinous. I love that. And we bought them. And I was like, it's not even like we live in Florida. What are you talking about? And my mom was like, no, look at the, look at the weather. And I saw the high and I was like, oh, give me 12 of those little Santa sweaters. You know, what's the funniest part about this magical moment is folks listening at home will be like hearing this in January, February. We're recording this like the week before Christmas. (laughs) For context, for context, it is December 19th as we record this. Um, (laughs) So as you're listening to this, I have already had my chilly Christmas and it's probably 85 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love that I'll get to listen back on this and be like, oh, I had that joy. Love you that for that. me. I love that for you. <laughs> okay, Molly, what was your magical moment this week? Okay. <laughs> I have been sitting on this story for so long <laughs> and part of me is like... <laughs> Should I tell this on a podcast? Because I think 10 years from now, I'm going to look back and be like, why did I admit this to the internet? (laughs) But it just seems like such a perfect example of like a magical moment and like using spirituality in everyday life and particular using Reiki in everyday life. So I'm going to take you on this journey. (laughs) And mostly I just want to see Madison's reaction um, to this story. So The other day, I had one of those days where I was like running around everywhere. I was like living out of my car. 
And I was so kind of like rushing from place to place that I didn't have time to stop for lunch. And so the only thing I had to eat for my afternoon meal was a bag of deli cheese, you know, like with the zip top. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Of course, of course. um, That you get at the deli. Yeah. And so I'm driving home and I'm on the highway and I'm like maybe five miles from my exit. And I start to get the tummy gurgles. Oh, no. And I realize... (laughs) The deli cheese was maybe not the best choice. Oh, no. And so I start sort of like figuring to myself, am I going to make it? Will I make it? And as I get closer to my exit, I realize I am not going to make it home. (laughs) I am not going to get there. And I said to myself, okay, if I hit a green light right off the exit, I am only like five minutes from home. Like I, if I hit green light and I just floor it down the street, like I'm going to, everything will be fine. This is a real nail biter. I'm so stressed. (laughs) I get off the exit. Red light. No. And I go, oh no, I'm white knuckling the steering wheel. (laughs) I am like wondering how much I care about the pants that I'm wearing. (laughs) I'm like looking to the paper grocery bag on the floor of the passenger side of my car, wondering if I can use it as some sort of barrier. You're making peace. You're making peace with the situation. Uh, Truly. As I sit at this red light, I was like, this is it. This is my fate. This is is an ego death. (laughs) This is what we call in the biz an ego (laughs) death. (laughs) Truly. But then I'm like, no, I'm not going down this way. And I look across the street and there is an Irving. And as I'm at this red light, I'm like, okay, we're going to make it. So I take my white knuckles from the steering wheel and I place my hands on my belly and I start sending myself Reiki to try to calm my intestines. And while I'm doing that, I start doing like deep diaphragmatic breathing to try to like (laughs) calm my system down as I'm like, I have like meat sweats. (laughs) I'm like in a cold sweat. And then I start, I close my eyes and I visualize myself, the light turning green, driving through, getting the front parking spot, going into the Irving, like walking up to the bathroom, it being vacant, like everything being fine. I'm doing this like visualization. I'm repeating affirmations out loud. I'm like, I have plenty of time to get to the bathroom. I am in no hurry. There is no urgency (laughs) here. I am at peace with the situation. Like I'm pulling out all the stops. Okay, so about 30 seconds later, the right, the light turns green. I floor it through this intersection. Mm-hmm. I'm like, skirt, skirt, like around into the parking lot of the Irving. All of the cars in front of me suddenly part ways. And I have uh-huh. a clear path to the front parking it's spot. It's like Moses so in get- the Red Sea. Oh, my God. <laughs> Truly, I get out of my car, you know, beep, beep the little lock. I open the door to the Irving and I'm doing that like fast walk waddle where I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm walking fast enough because I'm on a mission, but not so fast that I'm like spurring suspicion. Mm-hmm. And so I get, I get to the bathroom vacant. I go in, everything's fine. Happily ever after my leggings lived another day. And as I was sitting there, I was like, this truly is a magical moment. Oh and this my God. really is why reiki is so powerful oh my <laughs> it's like, god it's great like Reiki's great for like the healing and like you know the manifestation and like clearing limiting beliefs like all that is fine 
But when Reiki is really powerful is in the moments where you truly think you are going to shit yourself outside of an Irving. Oh my God. I'm speechless in this moment. (laughs) So before we started recording, (laughs) Molly said to me that she had a perfect magical moment, but she had to go second. And when I tell, like, this is, there were a lot of things that I think I could have anticipated. When you say something like that, that story was not one of them. Thank you so much. Thank you for being so vulnerable with me today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Truly. In in that moment, I was like, this has to be how we start the show. Oh, because of course. it's just like such a profound and 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 so universal like anyone who's like sitting at home being like that's gross why would you admit that like you have been there you've been there oh 100 <laughs> percent. and you wished you wished in that moment you had a tool to get through it and that's that's what reiki is to me and i think that's a perfect segue into how does reiki work <laughs> you've given i think that's the best advertisement for reiki that I could possibly imagine. Truly, I know. You should you should make a commercial. I know. Maybe that's what we'll use for our commercial breaks going forward. Yeah. Like, fuck our very, very poignant stories of chronic pain that we have helped with Reiki. If you had told me when we first met that Reiki could keep me from shitting my pants... <laughs> Signed, sealed, and also delivered. I'm in. Where do I sign? Take my card. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So anyways, I guess the best place to start would be like, how how did I get to Reiki? Because chances are you have never heard a Reiki master talk about Reiki in in the way that I will. (laughs) And in the way that I've just demonstrated. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like that was a really great... um, like taste test of who you are as a Reiki master. Also, what is a Reiki master for people who might not know? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So a Reiki master is someone who has gone through all the levels of Reiki training and Reiki attunement, which is essentially when a Reiki master uses Reiki energy to open the channel from your crown to your hands. That's what an attunement is. It's a fancy term. So Reiki Master is someone who's gone through all the levels of training, gone through all the attunements, and has attuned someone else to the practice. I really see, that's like the textbook definition, but I really see uh, the master level as like someone who's truly integrated Reiki into every aspect of their, their life. So it's, for me, when I really felt like I became a Reiki Master was not when I went through my final training and got my final like piece of paper certificate to hang on the wall, but it was like the moments when I just instinctively started reaching for Reiki, one of which I just described to you. But it just feels like Reiki's not separate from my life. And so when I speak about the practice, it just, it comes from within. It's not like I need to remember facts or figures or, you know, what my teachers told me or whatever. It's like so integrated in my life that... I can really speak to it from from that lens. I love that as a definition. Yeah. So how I got here, kind of a winding journey. I thought Reiki was hocus pocus Harry Potter bullshit for the first 23 years of my life. I really like if you had told 22 Molly 
that she was going to be on a podcast talking about how Reiki works and talking about like using Reiki to not poop herself. I would have told you the pooping thing, I believe. The rest of it, no. (laughs) Couldn't be me. (laughs) And so my life's purpose, what I believed it was when I was, you know, in my early 20s, was to support survivors of sexual violence. So I started doing that work when I was 17, did that work for nine years. And around the age of 23, I developed chronic hip pain that was completely out of left field and totally unexplainable. I saw like every medical specialist I could find. None of them could tell me why I was in pain. None of them could give me any relief. One doctor told me that he hadn't seen chronic pain like that outside of his 80-year-old patients. So that felt good to be compared to an 80-year-old when you're 23. And this pain was especially confusing because I was so quote-unquote healthy at the time. Like if you looked up hashtag health inspo, like that was me to a T. You know, I was the type of person who I ran half marathons and I was uh, in and out of the gym every day and I did yoga twice a week and I meditated every morning and I meal prepped and I drank a gallon of water every day and I didn't spend much time sitting. I, um, you know, spent time in nature. I had really good friends. I had you know, surrounded myself with these these wonderful people um, and took my health very seriously. And yet I was in pain every single day. And around like 2016 or so, I had just kind of succumbed to the fact that like, all right, no matter what I do, I'm just going to be in pain. It's like just, you know, suck it up buttercup kind of feeling uh, because I really, I wasn't able to find solutions. And Around that time, I started to notice this like interesting trend, which I think is especially interesting now, but at the time, I just thought it was weird, that the days where I had a really, really difficult case at work, and I felt really kind of like distraught from the stories I was hearing, my pain was worse. And so I started to kind of associate like my pain with like kind of kicking me when I'm down. It's like, oh, I have these terrible cases where I can't sleep all night, and then my hip hurts. <laughs> so in 2016, I went on a yoga retreat and the teacher that I met there had a very similar career to mine um, when she was around my age and had similar pain to mine and found relief through Reiki. And I was like, okay, whatever. I'm willing to try anything at this point. So I go to a Reiki session and while I'm in the on the table, I'm just like, eh, this is relaxing or whatever. And I remember the practitioner had one hand on my ankle and one hand on my knee. And with my eyes closed, I remember seeing this like wispy white light in the shape of my hip kind of come out of my body, rotate and snap back into place. And I always liken it to a cartoon character who dies, right? They kind of like their ghost comes up and they do one more gag and then they snap back into their body and reanimate. That's what my hip did. And I remember having this like gut feeling that this was the path to healing to me. And sure enough, a week later, I went to my chiropractor's office and he was like, what did you do? Your hips are in alignment for the first time ever. And so that's what sent me down the rabbit hole of trying to understand this whole Reiki thing. And for me, it wasn't as easy as like having my own experience and just like fully being on board with it. I truly was a skeptic through and through and kind of thought it was just a coincidence and needed to learn the science so that I could kind of lean into my curiosity of the practice. And that's when I really started to find long-term relief from my pain. 
as well as, you know, a host of other benefits to my physical, mental, energetic, spiritual health to the point where, you know, now it's, I feel like it's my life, my life's work to, you know, teach people the science behind this practice. I always like to say, when you learn the science, it's like your skeptic brain can quiet down so that your intuition, like your inner knowing can tell you what you already know to be true. That story is so powerful to me. I've heard you tell it a hundred times at least. And every time you talk about that, that moment where you see your hip in your mind's eye. Oh yeah. I can see it so perfectly in my brain too. And it hits me just as hard. And that's actually, so I don't know that we've gone quite into how we ended up here in internet bestie world, but that is how (laughs) we ended up here is that chronic hip pain story. Because as we kind of talked about, you know, I was raised in a very woo family. I had had Reiki done on me before my stepdad's mom actually does Reiki, among many other things, and had given it to me before, had done aura cleansing, all sorts of, you know, just I was very much raised in that environment where I was never a skeptic. (laughs) I've never been a skeptic a day in my life. So it wasn't that I didn't believe in Reiki. It was just that I didn't see the value for me personally until Mm. you told that chronic pain story because I have had these migraines my whole life that I have not had one since you attuned me in Reiki one. Boom. Love that. And that was what? When was? Eight months ago. Eight months ago, I think. And I, from the age of like probably eight or nine, had at least like a headache that I had to go. I wouldn't call them all migraines, but I had probably about three headaches a week where I had to go lay down in a dark room. Hmm. Yeah. And so I love when you tell that story. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those stories where it's like, even in the moment, like, some part of me knew that that moment needed to be remembered because mm-hmm. I remember going back to like my dorm room at the retreat and like writing down everything I experienced like in vivid detail because I was like something about this story I I just need to remember it mm-hmm. so how long was it after that that you started your Reiki your first Reiki one um it was about a year Yeah, because that happened like the end of 2016, like fall of 2016. And then I started my 200-hour yoga teacher training in March, I believe, of 2017 Mm -hmm. with that same teacher that introduced me to Reiki. And so for an entire year, I was exposed to sort of her style of talking about energy, but really grounding it in science. Um, She teaches a... Um, vinyasa style yoga teacher training that's very much um, like using the body to bring three parts of yourself together your mind your body and your energy and so the actual like sequence that she teaches us to lead classes in is based in the chakras and based in the different energy centers and so I got exposed to that for an entire year through like and and she was so cool because she's like 
she wasn't afraid of me being a skeptic or anyone being a skeptic because she came from that background. And so I was able to be like, energy centers like really you know (laughs) like I was curious about them but I wasn't like fully on board until I started to feel like the more I brought my awareness to them and the more I did these different practices through them and I got other Reiki sessions throughout that year and and started to really notice the difference that's when I signed up for my first Reiki training Mm mm-hmm I think that's what I find so interesting and love so much about you coming to this uh, from the place of a skeptic is that in that year, you've told me, we haven't talked a ton about this, but I know you weren't just doing Reiki for that hip pain. And I know that you've Mm -hmm. talked about how the pain came back and it wasn't just like this one stop, like all your problems are fixed. And I think that makes you a really relatable teacher in that mm. I've never seen you come at this. Sorry, this is just me hyping you up, but I've never seen you come <laughs> at, like in the way that you talk about your trainings, you've never sold anyone on the idea of like, this is gonna solve all your problems, which I see in a lot of yeah. spiritual teachers. And I feel like that's why, I mean, I talk about you to everyone. If anybody is like, I want a Reiki training or I'm interested in that, I'm like, oh, here's who you should find. Anyone who's like, I want to know anything about energy work I'm like well here's who you should follow because I really have a lot of I just really appreciate that aspect of things that approach yeah to energy work yeah and I think it's because like energy work I really saw it as like the missing piece because up until this like experience with Reiki I had studied the body I had studied the brain I had studied that connection Um, especially when I was like working with survivors of trauma, I was really deep into the rabbit hole of how trauma impacts the mind and the body and the nervous system and how that can lead to pain. Um, And even like secondary trauma and vicarious trauma, being exposed to other people's stories of trauma and how the body responds to that. And I had studied meditation and yoga and exercise in general and how that affects the nervous system and the mind and the body. So for me, I was like, when I was in pain, I was like, I know that this has something to do with my job, but I can't find the link. Like there was something missing. And as we talk through uh, how Reiki works, you'll see that I always talk about it as like a compliment, right? So I have this framework that I use in a lot of my trainings. I call it the triangle of healing. So if you visualize just like a three-sided triangle, they're all three sides, but just like an equal, (laughs) a triangle with three equal sides. There we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. A triangle with three equal sides. At one point, label that as your physical health. Another point is your emotional health. And then the third point is your energetic health. All these points are connected, which means They affect each other and are affected by each other. So when we have an issue that is chronic, it's like we can't just look at the body. We can't just look at the mind. We have to look at all three pieces. Otherwise, if we don't clear the root cause of like whatever this issue is, whether it's pain or anything else, from all three sides, it's still going to come back. So if we only use Reiki to try to heal Mm -hmm. pain, it's going to keep coming back because it 
it's also affecting your physical body. It's also affecting your mental health. It's when we pull all three sides together, that's when deep long-term healing occurs. And often I find for folks that energetic health piece is the missing link. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to geek out? Yes, I'm so ready to geek out. Tell me all the things. How, how do we keep that triangle equilateral? Okay, so hold that triangle in your mind, all right? I just want you to have it for right now. We're going to go through all three sides of the triangle, and then at the end, we're going to pull it all together. So I want to start with like what is actually happening on a physiological level when you're receiving Reiki, okay? So first thing you need to understand is everything in our universe is made up of these tiny little particles that are all vibrating at different speeds. So they all have different frequencies to them. You're made of them, I'm made of them, the space between us, these microphones, whatever device you're listening to us on, all made of these tiny little particles that are mostly energy. It's like 99.9999999 something percent energy and 0.00000, however many zeros, 1% matter. Okay, so everything that we perceive to be solid is in fact just these particles and our brain kind of like fills in the gaps. So... What happens is these different frequencies, these different vibrations that these particles are kind of moving at, they start to affect one another. So they're all like in relationship to each other. So if you've ever had an experience where like you walked into a room and it was very clear that someone just ended an argument in that room and you could kind of like cut the tension with a knife, you know, have you ever had that happen? Every day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so like that's that was me making a joke about how I work with my mother. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when you walk into that space, you don't have to like be told that an argument or something happened. You can just feel it right on a cellular level like something feels off. Similarly, if you walk into a space that like people are celebrating in, even if you're like not present for that celebration, you can feel yourself kind of like lift when you walk into that room. It's because of that vibration, those frequencies that are kind of left behind. And so the thing about these these frequencies is that they affect us on a cellular level, okay? So when our cells are vibrating faster, we're at a higher frequency, that's when we experience like our best health, Okay, that's when we feel our best. That's when we have the most energy. We're most focused. We just feel really good. When we are vibrating at a lower frequency, our cells are vibrating slower, that's when we don't feel as great. That's when we get kind of like sluggish. We might feel a little sick, right? We might feel achy. And so what happens is as our cells vibrate faster or slower, our physical and emotional health are affected by it. And these vibrations play off of each other. So any frequency that is higher, okay, so a faster vibration is going to impact a lower frequency or slower vibration, right? So if I had two tuning forks, okay, one was a higher tone, faster vibration, higher frequency, and one was a lower tone, slower vibration, lower frequency, and I struck them in the same space, the lower one would start to harmonize with the higher one and they would grow louder. It's the same way for all of these frequencies, right? So when a higher frequency interacts with a lower frequency, the lower one rises up. So we can think of Reiki as like a really potent 
high frequency. So a collection of these particles that are vibrating very quickly. So when they come into your area, your body, whether it's by hands-on or hands near your body, um, or even at a distance, it causes your frequency on a cellular level to rise up to meet it. That's like the foundational, like what's actually happening on an energetic level. What even is energy healing? It's that. I've never thought of Reiki on the same, like in relation to sound healing. Mm. You know, because I feel like a Reiki is hard for a lot of people, at least in my experience, to like wrap their heads around because there's nothing you can see. Mm. or sometimes feel, you know, everyone's experience is different. And so if you don't have that, I see my hip clicking into place moment, it's hard to, I think, and just because there's no visual or audio, you know, there's just nothing, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, there's nothing happening, right? Yeah. And thinking about it in relation to something that we have at the, so we at the store have a, a crystal singing bowl that sits out all the time. And one of my favorite things to do is see the look on people's face when they hear and feel like they'll, you know, play the bowl. And I can see that oh shit moment of I feel mm. something different in my body. And it, like I feel it in my head a lot. Like I can, I'm like almost, I can feel the particles, right? Yeah. And having Reiki as a comparison to that of like, you know, something I've known in my head that they're doing the same thing. But that's a really, really excellent comparison because I feel like what sound healing has that Reiki quote unquote doesn't is that easy to comprehend Mm. visual, but it's audio, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we're just getting started. All right. We're going to make it even more real now. (laughs) So bring it on these. (laughs) So these vibrations, this energy, I'm just going to refer to it as energy from now on. This energy travels through your whole body, regardless of where the practitioner is like placing their hands. Um, And it runs through a part of your body called your fascia, your myofascia. I've been waiting for this one. (laughs) Madison's favorite thing is to hear me geek out about fascia. I feel like we could do a whole episode just geeking out about fascia, but for now I'm going to stick to just the Reiki specific stuff. So your fascial network, your myofascial system is a tangible organ in your body. We used to believe that your skin was the largest organ in your body. Now scientists believe that your fascia might be the largest organ in your body. So if you like cut open a cadaver, you would see it. It's like this white stringy um, connective tissue. And it covers your entire body from your head to your fingertips to your toes in one long sheet. It's kind of like the the standard comparison is like if you were to cut open an orange, right? That white pithy stuff that holds the juice and the guts of the orange together. That's kind of like what your fascia does in your body. And one of its job is to like hold all your stuff together, keep everything connected. The other major job that it has is to send messages and to communicate information from your body to your brain and back. And so this is how energy moves through your system. And scientists even believe that we can measure this energy in what's called biophotons, which are literally translate to like biological light. They believe it's the smallest sparks of consciousness that moves through our entire body 
through the fascia. And so this is how your brain connects with the rest of your body. This is how your nervous system communicates to the rest of your body. This is how everything in your body kind of like works together as one unit because of these biophotons and this energy and this electrical current that is moving through your fascia. So whether we look at this through um, a biological perspective or an energetic perspective, there is literally electricity moving through this connective tissue every moment of every day in your body. And so this is the reason why if a Reiki practitioner has their hands on your head, you might feel a little tingle in your feet because as this energy enters your system, it moves along the fascia and goes where it needs to go. I just love fascia. Talk about, talk about the, talk about the, you know, talk about my favorite part about fascia. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't okay, worry. Okay. I'm going to wrap that Sorry. in. I'm going to wrap Sorry. that in. Sorry. <laughs> I'm speeding you up. I'm rushing you, but I'm just so excited because this, okay. Fascia is my favorite thing because at the store, again, I'll, I'll say it in case this is your first episode, I help run my family's metaphysical store. That's my job. And we get a lot of skeptics, surprisingly, in the store. We get a lot on their own, but we also get a lot of, you know, people brought by their friend or their partner or their parent or their child or whatever, someone who is outwardly skeptic in the store. And fascia and this specific thing that I'm alluding to Molly about, it is my favorite thing to talk about with those people <laughs> because it is this perfect intersection of science and spirituality. And I get tingly when I think about it. Yeah, that's how I'm going to wrap us up at the end. That's how I'm going to tie it all together. So just stay tuned. Cliffhanger there. So if you're wondering why I'm why I'm rushing this situation, it's because I want to talk about it so bad. <laughs> Yeah, we've got we got some ground to cover first. We got some ground to cover. Okay, so we have this energy moving for the fascia. The other thing you need to know about fascia is it's very much connected to your nervous system. Okay, so your nervous system has two sides to it. You have your sympathetic nervous system. This is your fight, flight, freeze response. This is your stress response, your survival response. And then you have your parasympathetic nervous system. This is your rest, restore, and heal response or your relaxation response. This is one of my favorite things in the world to geek out about <laughs> because I find like understanding how your nervous system works is like one of the, the most empowering things you can do, especially if you have anxiety or anything like that. So your nervous system does not know the difference between a saber-toothed tiger chasing you and your Wi-Fi buffering for just like a little bit too long before an important meeting. It responds the same way, goes into this survival response where all of your energy, all of your resources in your mind and your body go towards keeping you alive. So your um, digestion slows down, your uh, memory concentration and focus are impaired, your pain receptors are effective, so we feel more pain, more tension, more inflammation in the body, your mouth literally creates less saliva, your heart starts to quicken, your breath goes up into your chest. Think about like if you were to run away from this tiger, you wouldn't be taking like deep diaphragmatic breaths. You would be like up in your chest panting. And all of this tension builds in the body. In particular, um, the muscles needed to prepare you to run. 
So for instance, when I was dealing with my hip pain, one of the things that we couldn't figure out, we as in me and my physical therapists, my doctors, was I had this muscle on my butt that was in like full Hulk smash mode. It was like a black hole. It was so tense that it was pulling all of the tissues from my upper back and like the back of my calves up into it. Like it was just like a vacuum of tension. And that was what was creating a lot of the pain in my hip. Well, if we understand how the nervous system works, now I can tell you like why my butt was acting like the Hulk, right? So if we think about the, the actions that are required when we're going to run away from, run for our life, like run away from a tiger, is like you need to lift your knees, right, to run. And so to do that, the activation when we're in that survival response is the psoas muscle, which runs from the lumbar spine through the lower abdomen to the top of the thigh bone. And that prepares the knees to lift. And so what was happening for me was I was in this survival response all day, every day. That psoas muscle was so tight that the muscle in my butt was trying to like, they're like playing tug of war to try to stabilize my pelvis. And so the nervous system is so interesting because if you're in that survival mode for long term, it can have this like domino effect on your physical and emotional health. That's when we get like really anxious or we have chronic pain starts to come up or our immune system becomes suppressed, right? Like there's a whole host of ailments that come with this long-term activation of this, this sympathetic nervous system response. When in reality, it was designed for that short burst, like, oh shit, there's a tiger, gotta go all right, we're safe now, shake it off, right? Like, but so much of our daily modern lives keep us in that sympathetic nervous system response. Our brain thinks we're hit by tigers like 52 million times a day. And so therefore our body responds in that same way. And that's why so many of us deal with stress-related issues. And I think that's so interesting, especially like if you have any form of trauma. Oh yeah. Then that is you know, times a hundred, which of course we are all walking through the world riddled with trauma. Like I don't think anybody sort of makes it through life untraumatized. And so that's just an extra layer of, you know, the tiger part of your brain is extra trigger happy. Mm -hmm. Now that I have that information, you know, like after learning about that and your nervous system and how it works in that way, looking back, I'm like, was I ever was I ever in the, like, did I ever not think a tiger tiger was chasing me? Like, yeah. How long do we stay in that, in that place? Yeah. Yeah. And, and trauma is so interesting because it's like the, the visual I describe is like, um, your, the switch between those sides of your nervous system becomes like a mousetrap. It's like, Mm -hmm. even if you are in that relaxation state, it's like, there's so much tension That like any little thing can trip that wire, right? Any little Mm -hmm. thing can snap you back into it. Because your brain, it's like, it comes from such a loving place biologically. Your brain just wants to keep you alive. Just wants to keep Mm -hmm. you alive. And so if it feels like being stressed the hell out, 
is safer than letting you relax for even a minute, it's going to do that because it just wants to keep you here. And it's actually really fucking good at, at its job because there's like 73 trillion things that could take you out at any moment of every day and you're still here. And so like, thank God yeah. our nervous system responds in that way. But also like, it doesn't need to respond that way all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And can you say again, sympathetic nervous system, that is relaxation no or do I have it backwards I get it backwards backwards. all the time okay here's here's how I remember it here's how I remember it so I remember it based on like the job I used to have so if this helps you like take it and run with it my job as an advocate triggered my sympathetic nervous system okay because I was Mm. hearing other people's trauma and so I was sympathetic to their situation and Mm -hmm. also in my sympathetic response Okay. If that helps you. you. If you don't work with trauma survivors, like sympathy doesn't always trigger that response. But (laughs) if you are exposed to secondary trauma, um, that might be a helpful (laughs) like way to remember it. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Two other responses I want to go over when we're in this survival response, this stress response. So the first is the effect on um, your physical body. Okay, the fascia, all right? Your fascia stores information and memory as energy, okay? So your body, all, all the muscles in your body are built a lot like your bicep. If I did 100 bicep curls every single day, my fascia and my muscles and even my bones would grow in a way that makes it easier for me to do bicep curls, right? That's how our body works. It just wants to make your life easier. Sometimes it does that by making it harder, all right? So think about anxiety, all right? When you feel anxious, Mm -hmm. what is the response in your physical body, right? Your chest gets tight, your stomach gets tight, your breath gets shallow, all right? So if you have that response over and over and over, the fascia, the muscles, the bones in your body start to grow in a way that make that squeeze, that constriction of your anxiety easier. So even if the emotional trigger of your anxiety goes away, your body, your fascia still remembers it and will still respond. And so Mm -hmm. we can trigger anxiety through an emotional lens or we can trigger it through a physical body sensation because your body might constrict for another reason maybe you're cold Mm -hmm. right and your muscles constrict and all of a sudden you're anxious right and so it's important to understand again when we come back to this triangle right your anxiety is not just in the emotional state it's also creating an effect in the tissues of your physical body it's like storing that emotion storing that energy again because your brain just wants to keep you alive Mm mm-hmm so then in your case, your body literally like grew and formed to make it easier for you to clench yes. your butt muscle. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. Like my butt muscle is like literally the Incredible Hulk. That's the only way I can describe it. It was like no amount of anything would let that thing release. It was holding on for dear life because it, it thought that it was truly holding on for my life. The other thing that happens, the other kind of domino effect of this survival response is it affects your hormones, your endocrine system. Okay, so when we go into the stress response, there's a release of adrenaline, cortisol, norepinephrine, these like stress 
hormones. Those can linger in your bloodstream for up to 12 hours. Okay, so if you're driving on your way to work and you get cut off in traffic and you're like, F you and F this, and you just freak out and you go into this sympathetic nervous system response because of it, you're still feeling the effects in your bloodstream on your commute home. That is so wild. (laughs) Right? Like, and that's the thing. It's like the thing about Reiki, how it helps us on like a a short-term basis, right, is it helps flip that switch from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic, from the survival to the relaxation, which then creates this disbursement of that energy, right? We were using it all for survival, and now that energy is going towards finding balance and equilibrium again. So it starts to kind of spread out. It starts to undo some of that domino effect, right? We start to breathe deeper. Our heart rate slows. Our, um, the activity in our digestion comes back online and we were able to like concentrate and focus and connect with other people and feel creative and joyful right like all of that starts to come back online when we shift out of this survival mode which is what reiki helps us to do on a long-term basis it helps to increase our resiliency to stress so when we are driving to work and somebody cuts us off we don't freak the hell out as our first instinct and go into sympathetic and create this domino effect we have a little bit more space where we're like actually i'm okay like there's no tiger nobody got hurt like i'm a little shaken but i'm just going to take a couple of deep breaths and continue my drive right like imagine how different your day would be if you had those two different responses, right? The one where you freak out, go into sympathetic, you drive like a maniac, you get to work and like your whole day is kind of like set up on this pedestal of stress versus the one where you're like, you know what, I'm good. I'm okay, we'll take a deep breath. Like how differently would you approach your work? And then at the end of your day, when you're driving home, you're still feeling that effect. How differently would you approach your family? your relationships, your friends, your hobbies, the things you're passionate about, right? And so this is why Reiki is so powerful is because in the moment, it can be this quick fix when we're in that survival response, when we're feeling really stressed. But this is why I I stress like learning how to do Reiki for yourself is so powerful because then you can create this like resiliency, create this spaciousness for yourself so that every little thing doesn't become a saber-toothed tiger, so that you have a little bit more breathing room to respond rather than react out of habit and react out of survival. Yeah, because we're quite literally retraining our bodies and our fascia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's, and it's so interesting going back to the triangle a direct line between the physical and the energetic. Yeah. Like they're so intertwined. I just, oh God. Yeah. I love fascia. Yeah. Here's, here's, love, here's a the A love kicker. letter to fascia. <laughs> a love letter to fascia. I also, fascia was my introduction to the world of energy. Like before I ever had a Reiki session, I practiced yin yoga, which um, is like a way of untangling the fascia and clearing the energy through them. Um, and I truly uh, became such a fashion nut. So here's here's the here's the point that Madison loves, um, and we're gonna tie this triangle together. Okay, so we have your physical fascia, right? In your body, there's seven places where there's more fascia than anywhere else. 
Right? More fascia means more electricity, more energy, more biophotons. Those seven locations directly line up with your endocrine glands. And these are the glands that secrete hormones, either for stress or relaxation. These seven locations directly line up with the seven major chakras on your spine. Like you can't tell me that that's not absolutely flooring. Yeah. Right? We as human beings have known things and understood things for thousands of years in other cultures. And to see science in real time confirm Mm -hmm. that information is so fucking bonkers to me. Yeah. I think about it probably every day. Yeah. I tell the fascia story, not the story, but you know what I mean? The, the facts of fascia. I give a fascia, I give a fascia talk probably once a week at the store. Yeah. Yeah. It blows my mind because here's the thing. You can look at any of these seven points from the perspective of how your physical health, your emotional health, your energetic health. Either way, there's no denying that these points are like super highways of communication and electricity in the body that affects how you feel physically and emotionally. So here's, mm-hmm. here's let's tie it together. Let's tie it together with my story. So chakras are energy centers on the body um, and they all correspond with Um, your physical health, your emotional health, kind of like the way that you move through the world, right? So the root chakra, this is the foundation of the system. It's the, the first one. It's located at the base of the spine and it's connected with this energy of safety, security, and belonging. So if you had an imbalance in this root energy, that might show up as fear, right? So for me, I lived in my early 20s in a place of fear, I started working with survivors when I was 17. So my entire adult life was shaped by these stories of people in the most horrifying situations ever. I did not see the world as a safe place. When I thought about my life as an adult, it wasn't like, you know, hold your keys in your hands when you're going to the parking garage. It was, I'm afraid when I go spend time with people I literally know and trust, I'm going to get hurt. Like that was just the way that I I saw the world. I was like, when when will it be my time, basically? And so I lived in this constant state of fear. And so because of that, I had, again, this muscle in my butt that was full Hulk mode, that pain in my hip radiated down my legs, right? This might sound familiar to you if you've ever heard about sciatica. Our sciatic nerve starts in the low back and it kind of branches down the legs. And when you have sciatic pain, it can feel like that like shooting pain down to the feet. Here's the kicker though. When we experience fear, all right? Again, an imbalance in the root chakra can correspond to fear as an emotional response. When we experience fear, one of the responses that our brain does to keep us alive is it starts to send less oxygen to the low back which affects the sciatic nerve and creates sciatic pain. Your root chakra is located exactly where your sciatic nerve is and governs the area of your body from the base of your spine down to your feet, exactly where the sciatic nerve was. 
So for me, I was living in this state of fear. My root chakra was so out of balance that no amount of therapy, no amount of physical therapy could bring me back to neutral. And so I was constantly going through this kind of cycle of pain. And no wonder when I had days on the job that were harder, I was in more pain because my body was responding to this fear. But here's the thing is that was how I viewed the world. I didn't know I was in fear. I had no idea. I wasn't consciously aware of it because I just thought this was normal. This is how everyone views the world. But my body was storing that fear as energy. And so it wasn't until I started using Reiki to heal that fear response that I started to find relief. And again, because, you know, my body had the muscles and everything had grown in this clenching position, you know, the the Reiki was one step, but it was also, you know, doing physical therapy and um, working with a personal trainer to like re-engage the muscles that had been offline for so long, as well as, you know, clinical therapy or mental health therapy or whatever that type of therapy is called. (laughs) Um, And ultimately (laughs) quitting my job was what I had to do to find long-term relief of that pain. But it's, I tell this story because I really believe that understanding that that fear was the root cause of that pain was what allowed me to start to heal it. Because if I never made that connection, I probably would still be living in pain today. That was the missing link that tied my physical pain with what I was experiencing in my job and ultimately is what helped me kind of like put the pieces together and heal. And so understanding the three sides of your triangle, your energetic health, it gives you more control over your physical and emotional health. It's like that missing link that goes, oh, that's what it is. It's like that light bulb that empowers you to see that like you can heal you can heal and you can bring these pieces together and really kind of like rewire, you know, your beliefs and and your fascia and, and everything that's kind of like working together so that your body can feel like safer, so that your body can come back to balance, come back to equilibrium and you can find that long term relief. So if we were to break it down, right, fascia moves energy around your body Mm -hmm. the physical world and your own mental emotional world can impact the energy moving through your fascia Mm -hmm. reiki brings that energy back to equilibrium yes yes can bring you out of the sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic nervous system relax your body raise the vibration yes That is a beautiful summation. Get your molecules moving how they got to move. Yeah. Well, after I'm, I'm glad after how how many times have I heard you say this, that (laughs) I've had to, and I still have to ask you the difference between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic (laughs) nervous system. I'm glad that after all this time I can get to at least, you know, a decent two sentence summary. Yeah. That was the perfect summary. I love how much I have learned from you in this space. Of, you know, I think it has, in such a strange way, seeing the science side of all of the things that I've already believed in, it Mm. has made me and 
given me like a deeper sense of faith in my own spirituality that I didn't even really know like that I needed or wanted or was possible. Yeah, I love that. And it's really taught me how, you know, it's like corny, the way knowledge really is power. Like mm-hmm. knowing, knowing, regardless of what you believe in or what works for you, knowing why it works makes it even more powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I And agree. that's why I think this is important for everyone, regardless of if you're a diehard believer. I've had Reiki since I was, you know, since I was born. I was attuned at four years old, whatever, whoever you are. I don't know. I would love to meet you if that's the case. <laughs> or I've never heard of Reiki. That's total bullshit. Get out yeah. of my face with that. And everyone yeah. in between, I think that there's so much value in knowing the why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, it's it's so interesting, like the people who come to my training, it's such like a, a wide breadth of people. You know, I have folks who are like me and are kind of I call curious skeptics, you know, wanting to understand this practice that they've they've found to be really healing. Um, but I also have like Reiki practitioners that have been trained and, and even Reiki masters that come through because they're to my knowledge, there's no Reiki master that is teaching the science from this lens in the way that I do. I mean, this is the foundation of my first training. It's called Reiki One, the science of self-healing. Um, and there might be mm-hmm. other Reiki practitioners who who talk about the science, but to my knowledge, there's no other former skeptic <laughs> who's studied trauma <laughs> And the impacts of the body and the nervous system, and then now teaches Reiki from that same lens, um, which is why it's like something I'm so passionate about. Because I think a lot of um, Reiki trainings they're they're not they don't feel accessible to folks who maybe aren't like a hundred percent on board with it, or maybe don't a hundred percent understand it, but really feel like for whatever reason they're called to learn more. And I know that was. The case for me when I was going through my initial trainings is it's very difficult to find a teacher that I could even track with because so many of them were up like in the the spiritual kind of woo land, which is great and wonderful and I can appreciate now. But when I was a skeptic, it was like just turned me the other way. And so, yeah, if if folks listening at home, if you are curious about Reiki, I would love to have you in the next training. They're live trainings. Um, I do them every spring and every fall. So we'll leave the wait list in the show notes or you can go to mollydonlin.com slash Reiki one. I'm also going to leave a link to my former skeptics guide to how Reiki works in case you want to learn more. Uh, It answers pretty much all the like FAQs that I get about Reiki and links to some studies that really helped me kind of like get fully on board with this Reiki thing. There's one in particular that they compared Reiki to um, a sham Reiki, which is basically like a placebo where someone just like mimics the hand positions without attunement or training. They compared this um, to true Reiki on rats in two different studies and showed that the rats had a measurable effect on their parasympathetic nervous system response when exposed to noise, stress, stress, stress-related noises, which I thought was really cool. I mean, you know, I've seen so many studies comparing uh, placebo forms of Reiki to true Reiki on humans, but to see it done on rats and to see that the true Reiki 
had a bigger impact than the the placebo Reiki is, I think, really powerful. If, if you want your mind blown, <laughs> we'll leave that guide in the show notes. Yeah, and if you are a Reiki master with a background in trauma who teaches from the lens of uh, the scientific approach, I would say please shoot us DM a message. Me. We'd love to have you yeah. uh, on the pod, <laughs> but please don't because I fear I would get replaced as this podcast show ho- or co-host so <laughs> quick. So please just stay would silent. Not. No, no, please DM me. I'm like, someone asked me the other day, like, um, you know, like, uh, you know, I was working with like a business coach and they were asking me like, who are your competitors? And I was like, I don't feel like I have any for the like same reason I just said, I don't feel like anyone's doing this. And she was like, mm-hmm. how would you feel if like someone did do that? What would your response be? And I was like, please be my best friend. Like, <laughs> cause truly I don't, I don't see like competition in the Reiki space. Cause I feel like we can all learn from each other and grow from each other and learn different perspectives. And that just makes us all stronger. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you want to connect about it, please, 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 please connect with me. The more people to geek out with, the better. For sure. For sure. All right. I think we did it. I think we made a podcast. We did the thing. (laughs) I didn't jump up on my couch like Tom Cruise, like I usually do, but I think that's because I'm strapped to a microphone. Yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah. I'll get you a portable (laughs) mic for Christmas. I'll get you a headset. Perfect. All right, my friends. Well, hopefully I will see you in Reiki training. If not, we'll definitely see you next week for our next episode. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Demystify Magic with Molly and Madison. If you want to learn more about us, you can find all our links in the show notes. We'd love to know what you think of today's episode. So drop us a review or give us a shout out on social media. And don't forget to let us know your magical moment of the week. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.